On behalf of the Zook family, I'd like to thank you for your presence here today with us and the support it conveys to us um, as we grapple with the absence of mother, mother-in-law, grandmother, and great-grandmother mother to this family. It is greatly appreciated that you're here. And while we as a family know that there is a profound sense of relational loss that we will feel keenly. We do rejoice that mom is in heaven with her eternal father. When one ponders the cycle of life stages, from birth to youth, from youth into adulthood, from adulthood then into the sunset years, it reminds us that life is not intended to stay in some eternal stage in this world of sin and sickness, but that there is a far better place that has been prepared for us when we look for that city whose maker and builder is God. Is it not indicative of the brilliance of our creator God whose understanding of the intrinsic details that comprise life just goes far beyond anything we can humanly comprehend. And he provides for us an eternal life through Jesus Christ, something far better than we'll ever experience in this life. And it is because of God's eternal promise where I am, there ye may be also. That in the midst of our grief that we feel, we do rejoice that mom is free from this earthly body, the bondage that comes with that. And perhaps she's sprinting the golden pathways of heaven, clothed with the brilliance of the light of God in her new body as she enjoys her eternal home. With mom's death, I am reminded that it was not until God breathed life into his created human form with his own breath that man became a living soul. And it is that very breath of God that we are dependent upon for our earthly, earthly existence. Think of the irony, not even the breath, that we breathe, that we claim, can we claim as our own, but actually belongs to the possessor of life, God himself. So while we wrestle to understand the purpose of end-of-life suffering and its oft longevity, it is God who decides the appropriate timing. When to reclaim his living breath, as our souls enter, are ushered into eternity to be with the Lord. Some things that we wonder, we ponder, it seems with little clarity of understanding with our human minds, and we're left with nowhere to go but a trust and a faith in God that he knows what he does is best. In 1 Samuel 
chapter 16, verse 1, there is this phrase where God told Samuel to fill thine horn with oil and go. And just a bit later in verse 3, God says to Samuel, he says, I will show thee what thou shalt do. Now, you may wonder how a passage like this fits into a memorial service scene like this. But permit me to explain, and in that explanation, perhaps I can give you a glimpse of Mother's character, illustrating, I think, what she would tell us to do now after her passing, with some time, of course. It was 24 years ago that Sevilla, Sevilla's husband, Jonas, went to be with the Lord after a prolonged illness. Her mother deeply felt his absence. He was her husband, her companion, her anchor, her rock, and in, in this, in her, this her earthly life. And while she was grappling with her grief over some time, she encountered this particular phrase in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1. Fill thine horn with oil and go. Interesting, it spoke to her of her need to go on with her life without Jonas. That God would be with her every step of the way. That he would be her anchor, that he would be her rock. And she found purpose in life. First of all, with her God, and then with her family. And the same inspiration that mom found from this phrase, she would want us to apply to the family now. To her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren, she would perhaps now say something like this to you. Your life is before you. Make godly choices for yourself. Keep God as your central focus in life. Love the Lord with all your heart. Mom was a prayer warrior. And she faithfully prayed for her children, her in-laws, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren as long as she possibly could making a, a huge impact in our lives, I believe, beyond anything that we can begin to comprehend. And when mom focused her prayer vigil on a particular family need, things changed. Mom portrayed a, a quiet, but a strong example of loving the Lord with all her heart, her soul, and her mind, and she loved each one of us simply for who we were. Now it's our turn to carry that torch for the Lord. Join me in prayer. God, I thank you for the assurance of salvation in Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life that you give to all who believe in the name of Jesus Christ. It gives us a profound sense of peace as we deal with the loss of mother. We just thank you that we can have the assurance that she is with you. Today we would ask that your spirit would be present with us here right now.
We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will be reading the obituary. Sevilla El Zook entered into her heavenly home on Wednesday, April 4th, 2018, after a brief illness. She was the wife of the late Jonas P. Zook. She is survived by three daughters, Catherine, wife of Robert Gingrich of Minerva, Ohio, Hilda Zook of Paradise, PA, and Regina, wife of Timothy Yoder of Millington, Maryland. Two sisters, Fanny King, husband Alvin, and Susie Kaufman, husband Alan. Seven grandchildren and 14 great-grandchildren. She was preceded in death by her husband, an infant daughter, two great-granddaughters, three sisters, and two brothers. She is warmly remembered for her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a desire to live out her faith. She treasured her children, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren. She was a faithful prayer warrior for her family and church. Her sense of humor and quick wit brought smiles to our faces. While she will be deeply missed, we are so happy to see her delivered from the suffering, particularly of the last four weeks, related to a fall causing a neck and head injury. We rejoice through our tears that she is free at last and in the presence of our Savior. This time there'll be uh, several family members who are going to share. After they share, we'll have another song led by Keith. And then uh, after that, Leon Martin will bring the homegoing message. As grandchildren, there was always two things that we could count on. That was grandma's prayers and birthday cards. And so after my last birthday, I wrote this email to grandma and um, come to find out she wanted it read today. So I'm going to try and make it through this. Um, and this is just simply a tribute to grandma and the effect she's had on my life. Dear grandma, thank you for the birthday card. I always look forward to your card on my birthday. You are the best grandma anyone could ask for. The older you become, the more I realize just how special you are to me. And this email is just my way of saying thank you for everything you have ever done for me. I just want to say thank you for the many prayers you have prayed for me over the years. Knowing that no matter what I was going through, you were always praying for me, really helped me in some hard times. In all honesty, I don't know how many more times I will get to see you, and this saddens me. But before you go to a much better place, I want you to know the effect your life has had on me. You are an amazing and godly example. You have left behind footprints for others to follow, and I am lucky to have those footprints to follow in. You may not have left a big impact on the world, but Grandma, you have left a huge impact on my world. Love you, Grandma. I'm Sevilla's oldest daughter, Catherine. 
A godly life lived well brings about a godly farewell and goodbye. I want to share some of the things my mother said several weeks before her death, before her mind was clouded with morphine and her thoughts became jumbled. She said, I will meet you in the morning, over there, over there, let's go. It won't be long anymore, but until then we have to wait, we have to be faithful. It may not be yet, who knows? Oh Jesus, Jesus, yes, oh yes, he's coming. No more tears, pain, heartache, or suffering. And she told Hilda several times, don't forget, one of the first things after I'm gone is to remove my neck brace. That was a trial for her, that neck brace. She also told us, don't be afraid to cry. She said, remember all these things which seem so precious and dear will only last for a while. She prayed daily for her children and her grandchildren. She prayed for them by name as long as she could. Even in her last days, I saw her praying. One day she said, never go astray, all my grandchildren. I have prayed for them and Jesus will answer. She also thanked us as her daughters for caring for her. She said, thank you. All of you, you are so gracious and kind. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. I was never so close to the end. Again, I say, thank you. You are precious and I will see you later. I'm all right. Jesus is with me. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus is so good. Bring us home together. Keep us safe. We all belong to Jesus. We all belong together. No more crying, no more parting, hurting, pain, or sorrow. Hallelujah, hallelujah, be ready when he comes. Oh, the Lord, the Lord brought us over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. This is the beautiful legacy our mother left to us. To her daughters, her sons-in-law, her grandchildren, and her great-grandchildren. Grandma liked a song, it's called In My Robe of White. And when we were younger, she would often, when she came to our place, she would often ask to sing this song. And so we thought that we'll try to sing this one this morning. But its title is In My Robe of White, I Will Fly Away. In my robe of white, I will fly away to the land. 
my Jesus there, it will be so grand. When I get to that land in my robe of white, I will fly away. First I'll hear the trumpet sound, then all the saints will be heaven bound. We will cross over Jordan wide, stop and view the other side. There I'll see those holy hills, and my mansion he has built. I'll be the first one in the line to see my name in the book of life. In my robe of white, I will fly away to that land so fair. Meet my Jesus there, it will be so grand. When I get to that land in my robe of white, I will fly away. It's gonna be a wonderful time when I get to the other side. See my loved ones gone before, we'll depart from them no more. We'll be walking on streets of gold, surrounded by riches untold. When I look on Jesus' face, I know I'm saved by His amazing grace. In my robe of white, I will fly away to that land so fair. Meet my Jesus there, it will be so grand. When I get to that land in my robe of white, I will fly away. In my robe of white, I will fly There's a song that I've always associated with Grandma. And it's not that it was her favorite song or anything like that. I just, for some reason, the song just was always associated with her. I think it was that whenever we'd come up from Maryland to visit with them on a Sunday and we'd go to church, it seems like this song was always sung at her church. So I guess that's why the association is there. And I don't have the singing voice that my other cousins do, so I think I'm just going to read the three verses from the song. It's when the roll is called up yonder. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On April 4th, 2018, when the roll was called that day, I feel that my grandmother probably raised her hand and said, Here! And I believe that God said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I will always remember Grandma Zook as my little grandma. 
But what she lacked in physical stature, she made up for in being quick-witted and spunky. You would never get the best of Grandma, and you were better off not even trying to. Her humor and good-naturedness will be missed. Grandma may have been small in this world, but she was mighty in the spiritual realm. She will always be remembered for her constant prayers for her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. She was a mighty prayer warrior, even capable of praying off facial hair from her grandchildren. Right, Kedrick? About a week or so before she died, me and my wife Janice had went to see her around her birthday. And as we were getting ready to leave the, the house there, I said it hit me that this might be the last time that I see my grandma alive. So I turned back to her and I said, love you, grandma. And she looked at us and she said, love you guys. She said it twice. And I'll always remember those last words together. I mentioned earlier that she was a prayer warrior. And in reflecting on the past few days, I was comforted in the fact that even though she is gone, her prayers are not confined to the, her life here on earth. You see, what she prayed for us is eternal, and I know that God will continue to answer those prayers even though she is no longer with us. So thank you, Grandma. Thank you for those prayers. So now I will not say goodbye, Grandma. I will only say see you later. For when the time comes for me to go home as well, and my rule is called up yonder, I too will be there, and I'll meet you on that other shore. We love you, Grandma. third song we'd like to sing this morning is a song, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. I don't believe it's in your songbooks, but I think we'll try to sing it from memory. Um, hoping we know it by memory. Verse, verse 1 begins, we read of a place that's called heaven. Verse 2 begins, in heaven, no drooping nor pining. Verse 3, pure waters of life there are flowing. And verse 4, the angels so sweetly are singing. So verse 1, we read of a place that's called heaven.
as mortals, it seems like we can endure anything in life as long as we have hope that it's going to get better. When we think about Sevilla this morning and enduring that neck brace and enduring the pain and the suffering, I do believe that Sevilla always believed that it was going to get better and beyond, beyond what she or I or you could ever imagine. And I really uh, appreciated your thought, Tim, about Sevilla today having a new body. She doesn't need this body. The body that we saw there is not a body she needs. Actually, she doesn't want that body. Her body is new. It's different. It's not restricted like it was here, and she does not need to endure the pain or the restrictions that she had in the body that we see here. This is a time we get together and we realize that God has spoken. God has now decided that Sevilla's life on this earth was complete. God gave her 91 years to accomplish a purpose. What she has done cannot be changed. And what she has not finished cannot be completed by her. For us that remain, this is our time to say a final goodbye to what we saw. Because what we saw was not the real Sevilla. The real Sevilla was not this body, but it was what was inside. It was her soul. You know, this is our time to say our final goodbye. It's our time to learn from her life. And it's our time to assure ourselves that we will end our life well. It's actually an honor to be able to speak at a service for someone that was a dedicated Christian. Because we have that assurance that the sincere, dedicated Christian will spend eternity with Christ in that heavenly mansion. Sister Sevilla found great comfort in the 23rd Psalm. I will read the psalm and then make a few comments that connect this psalm with her life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I look at this psalm, it really has two parts. 
the first part of the psalm looks back. It looks at the life that Sevilla lived. The second part of the psalm looks forward to the reward. It's really divided into two metaphors. The metaphor of the shepherd and the metaphor of a great feast. And in the psalm we see God's providence, we see God's protection, and then we see God's reward. So let's think about this. The commitment that our sister here made. When I think of just the first line of that psalm, now now think with me how this first line changes meaning. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, there's so much in that first line. Where is she putting her confidence? And making the statement that it's my shepherd. It's my personal choice. It's my commitment. And I will put no confidence in anything but that shepherd. And it also means that as a person makes that commitment to put confidence in that shepherd, it also implies that they submit to the shepherd. It's a personal choice to submit and to have confidence in God who is all-powerful and loving. And we all are like sheep. We are all dependent. We all need someone to look out for us. We all need someone that cares for us. We need a shepherd. And I truly believe that our sister here committed to following that shepherd no matter what. Think about her life or our life when we commit to the shepherd. The shepherd leads us out and he leads us in. He leads us out of comfortable places that we might choose, but he leads us into a better place that he chooses for us. The places that he chooses provide all that we need. The grass is greener. The water is still. The water is fresh. It may not have been the place that we would choose, but he chooses to lead us out and lead us in. And I spoke with confidence that Sevilla trusted in Christ. And you might wonder, well, what evidence or what, what is it that would make me believe that? We need to just look at her, her life. And the way she lived it. How she daily immersed herself in God's word. And found refreshment in the word. Not out of duty. But her desire. She prayed faithfully and diligently. Many people have already acknowledged how she prayed for her children and grandchildren. And great grandchildren by name. 
It tells me that she knew you and cared about you. She wants you to be safe. She wants you to be refreshed. She wants you to know that good shepherd. And this good shepherd restores and brings us back. Sin, it was, that sent us away from God. But God bought us and brought us back. Nothing else could pay the price. We have value to God. Oh, God is not as concerned about this house that we live in. He's concerned about what lives in that house. He's concerned about that soul that will never die. That's the value that God sees. He brought us back, and then he leads me in the path of righteousness. Before that, we went our own way. Now we go his way. He's our redeemer. If we're willing to follow and submit to him as Lord and allow him to lead and show our paths and be willing to go on the path that we might not choose, but he chooses for us. I truly believe that the Bible was Sevilla's map. The Bible was Sevilla's compass. And the Bible was Sevilla's guardrail. Her Bible protected her from the spiritual pitfalls because she believed and trusted everything that the Bible said. The person that reads and believes the Bible will never need to fear spiritual danger. They cannot mistake their way, nor be harmed spiritually along the way. I understand that when Sevilla seemed to be unable to comprehend what was going on around her, her speech was limited, but the speech that she had was filled with scripture. You know, it seems to me that unconsciously, the things that had filled her mind were now coming out through her lips. That's a challenge. Would the things that fill our mind, would we be okay if the things that filled our mind unconsciously came out through our lips. So it's a testimony of her commitment. And I believe that Sevilla left a message for us. I believe that the message that she's leaving for us is follow my example and learn from my life. That's a challenge for me it's a challenge, it should be a challenge for all of us to live our life that way. That we could say to anyone, follow my example and learn from my life. The psalm says that the shepherd protects. You know, death, death is a connector. It is death that connects this life 
to eternity. It's the only way to go from this life to eternity. But the psalmist says that this connector, death, is just a shadow. It's only the shadow of death. So we are not afraid of a shadow. If you would see the shadow of a dog, you wouldn't be afraid of the shadow. If you saw the shadow of a sword, you know that the, the shadow of the sword cannot hurt you. And the same is true with the shadow of death. The shadow of death cannot destroy us. Death holds no fear for the sheep of the good shepherd. And then there's another point in this psalm. Refers to God's reward. The last metaphor, the second metaphor of this great banquet. Thou preparest a table before me. Thou anointest my head with oil. This is a magnificent banquet. And it shows great honor to the guest. And yes, I understand the song that says, you know, when the roll is called. But I don't think Sevilla just slipped in. Everybody knew when Sevilla arrived. So this magnificent banquet, this great honor to this guest. Paul says this is the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. And not to me only, but all them also that love his appearing. So this is open, this same banquet is open to all of us. The metaphor in the psalm is referring to the reward for a life lived by walking with God. The psalmist says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's not what Sevilla said. Sevilla said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. And let's just go on forever and ever and ever. Eternity. Do we have any grasp the length of eternity? And when we think about forever and ever and ever and ever, doesn't this life here on this earth, the restrictions in this body, doesn't it just seem small and insignificant when we consider what we endure here compared to what is waiting for us? Psalmist says the cup is running over. It's more than we could possibly anticipate. It's more than we could possibly expect. It's more than we could possibly need. It's more than we could possibly want. It is longer than we can fathom. It is more magnificent than we can ever imagine. When we get to the banquet, the danger of death is past. Death no longer exists. And we don't know what death is at that point.
What we saw in this casket is only the shell. It's only the house that Sevilla lived in. Sevilla's not here. She's not here anymore. She's gone from this earth. She has already met God. She has already sat at that banqueting table and eaten. What does live on here is our memories of her life. What does live on here is our memories of the humor, our memories of her faith, the influence that she left behind. Those of us that know Catherine and Hilda and Regina, we can see a few remnants of mother that have carried on. And I'm sure if we knew the children and the, the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren, we might be able to see something in them also that Sevilla has instilled that will continue on. So Sevilla doesn't exist here on this earth, but she has left something that does. But there is a challenge in that also. Remember I said that what Sevilla has completed, she can't change, but what is not completed, she can't finish. Who, who will now be the prayer warrior in your family? Who will pray for this family by name? Who will instill the godly values on those that are added to the family after Sevilla has gone? So we get to a time like this, we can remember and learn from Sevilla, but you know, we are all challenged by her also. Catherine, Hilda, Regina, I wish you God's blessing. May the comfort, the memories, the lessons, the example inspire you, encourage you, and may they always comfort you and know that your mother was different than anybody else's mother. And that is a remarkable memory and thought. Let's bow our heads to pray. We're here together today, Lord, to remember this life. Some here have known her nearly all her life. Some of us only part of her life. But we pray that her example, her influence, would draw us closer to you and closer to each other. May we learn from her, and may we too come to the day when we are sitting at that banqueting table with her. And Lord, I thank you for whatever pain and suffering that Sevilla endured that could be a lesson. We thank you for the lessons. 
We thank you for the example, and we pray that you would bless the family and each of us as we go forward from this day, because we now are each doing the things that you are asking us to do, we pray, and we also are doing our life, living our life, knowing that when we get to the end of our life, we cannot change anything that was done, and we cannot complete anything that was undone. In Christ's name I pray, who shed his blood and gave himself for me and for us. Amen.